Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McAllen. You may know that today's guest is the host of Artfelt on ACB Radio Interactive. According to the newspaper called the Hartford Current, he's also a blind musician. His name is Jason Castingway, and Jason joins us to talk about how blindness hasn't stopped him from speaking out and becoming a musician and a radio host. Hi, Jason. Hi, Brian. Thank you for having me on the show. Good to have you here, too. The Hartford Current says that you've been blind since you were born. How did you become blind? Uh, I became blind due to a condition called retinopathy of prematurity. I also have retinopathy of prematurity, too, but can you tell our listeners what that is? Uh, Sure. According to my understanding, um, I was born prematurely, and in the incubator, while they were feeding me oxygen, and by the way, I was born along with a fraternal twin uh, who, is, has, who is not blind. Uh, we, they were feeding me the oxygen, and the oxygen damaged the retinas of my eyes. So that's, that's what I understand. I also had the same thing, too. I was in an incubator, and the same thing happened to my retinas. Ah. But you've had quite the musical gift for your entire life. Tell us about that gift. Sure. Um, when I first discovered my interest in music, I was about three years old. We had a toy organ that was in the bedroom, and <laughs> I was playing with it and realized, hey, I hear music on the radio, and I can recreate that here on the organ. And that's where it all started. Did it make dings, or was it electronic? It was an electronic organ that used a fan to pump air to these little reeds, I imagine. I never opened it up and looked inside, but it's like it was a little reed organ type thing. I see. Music is one of the easiest things that you do. Why do you think it's one of the easiest things? I think it's because it is something that nobody told me how to do when I discovered it. I was simply playing notes and realizing, oh, okay, I can take notes that I hear on the radio, and I knew exactly how to match the pitch of what I heard to the pitch on the keyboard. And before you knew it, uh, I believe my first short melody was the National Anthem. The National Anthem. Did um, you sing it or play it? I played it. I understand that music connects with emotions, overshadows the senses, and allows you, the musician, to connect with people. Jason, when you have trouble talking with friends at a party and you go find a piano, what do you do? Do you play it? Yes, I usually do. Um, Most parties feel free enough that if the piano's there and I find it, I'm going to start playing it, maybe quietly at first, and then um, kind of work my way just playing something comfortable and fun so that other people will hear, and usually the people come around when they hear the music. (laughs) 
So they come around, they listen to your music, and they, they come to you, and you all start to talk. Are the hosts of the parties okay with you playing their piano, or do you make sure to ask them first? I think most of the time they're perfectly fine with playing the piano. I know I've been to parties where there were other situations going on that maybe were planned and music from the piano was not a consideration. So in that case, I might ask and find out if it's okay maybe to start to play after things are finished or, or at some convenient time. We want to learn more about your love for the piano. You mentioned that you started taking lessons. You were about four years old. What was it like having lessons at such a young age? Were you scared to perform at recitals? First of all, the lessons, they weren't as exciting as I thought they would be. I wanted to play what I wanted to play. I did not want to play what the teacher wanted me to play. <laughs> but I soon got into the routine of, of learning these new pieces. And when recitals came, yes, I was nervous. I had the little butterflies. I found most of the time that once I got started, the nervousness would evaporate. But until then, oh, I was pretty shaky. So you were pretty shaky at first, and over time, you were able to relax. Yes. How did you pick up the different influences and styles of playing the piano? You must have had some different methods. Yes, most of my learning, actually pretty much all of it, has come by ear. There was a time when Braille music was introduced and another later time when I had a summer music camp that showed me more of it. But the playing by ear has always been my main learning tool. And it was a combination of my teacher showing me different classical pieces at the time where I learned some influences there. And then later on, through listening to the radio, um, believe it or not, um, my mom would play MTV sometimes as a kid. And there were influences there that I liked. And I didn't think about it like, oh, here's an influence. I want to learn it. It was more a subtle. And as I heard something I liked, I incorporated it into my uh, vocabulary, as it were. Did you try to play some of the artist's songs? Yes. Listening to MTV, tuning into the radio, and mom helps. What was your first ballad-style compositions? Oh, my first ballad-style composition was not, to me anyway, was not terribly exciting when it comes to lyrics, but the melody and the chords were there, and I wanted to make up some kind of lyric to go with it. And I was five years old and figured out these chords that go together. And my, my brother was standing by and said, whoa, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I learned that he very enthusiastically told everybody about his musical brother, you. Yes. Um, he's, I think he went to school and said, hey, my brother's five and he wrote something really cool, you know, that, that uh, you know, somebody in their 20s and 30s maybe hasn't written. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Tell us about some of your other family support in your line of music. Sure. My 
mom and my brothers were a huge support. My father as well, but his musical background was very different. Well, actually, so was my mother's, but the support came in the form of encouragement. Sometimes I didn't feel like practicing, and my mother would be there to nag me and get me over to the piano and practice. And I think it's important that she did that, even though I really didn't like it at the time, because it did keep things flowing, kept the learning happening, the repetition for some of that muscle memory when it comes to scales and other exercises that help develop the speed at which you can run around the keyboard. Songwriting wasn't talked about so much, but it was always something that I felt comfortable doing not necessarily to write it down and repeat, but to improvise. I loved improvising pieces of music on the fly. That's fantastic. As you got older, you were drawn to jazz artists as musical influences. Who were your influential jazz artists? I'd say my first venture into jazz actually came from Natalie Cole singing Unforgettable with her father. I knew that there was a different sound to it. I loved the chords. I loved the drums. I loved the arrangement altogether. And I was asking, what is this? And I was told it was a jazz ballad. I finally decided to get the Natalie Cole Unforgettable album And boy, was that fun, because it was filled with jazz. And from there, it just took off. I got Nat King Cole. I learned about Sarah Vaughan, Ella Fitzgerald, Frank Sinatra. So many influences there and around that I grew exponentially at that point. Seems like you grew grew a lot to the point where you've been performing for the public. So you perform for the public. Where do you perform? I typically perform for parties like or weddings, funerals, some church events. I've done fundraisers. I've done concerts, all manner of things wherever somebody is interested in having piano and singing accompaniment. Why is your goal to share music with the entire world? My goal is to share the music with the entire world because brings people together and activates emotions in people, whether it be happy or contemplative. I always felt, like we said earlier, it was one of the easiest things that comes to me. And I I feel that because of that, it's very easy for me to give it to the world. And give the gift of music to the world. Yes. You've performed with the Hartford Symphony Orchestra, Where you're from, you're from Hartford, Connecticut, correct? They are from Hartford. I grew up in Bristol, Connecticut. I'm not very far from Hartford either, but I'm in Manchester. You've been on both the Connecticut Idol and American Idol TV shows. Now, the Connecticut Idol, I understand, is the localized version of American Idol. How did you do on both shows? Well, the Connecticut Idol worked out very well. They only select one person or one performer and will locally sponsor that person to go to the national competition. So in 2004, I was that winner. 
and was sent to Las Vegas, which was extremely exciting. And I got to perform for a, a couple different groups of judges. It was a setup so that people could narrow down, or the judges could narrow down who finally gets over to Simon and the others at the time. So there were three levels altogether, and I made it past the first. And in the second level, I performed um, a number of different pieces, and they kept telling me to loosen up, and I didn't know quite what that meant. I was just standing there singing. At the time, you couldn't use another instrument. It was just the one instrument or, or singing as it was for me. Finally, they said, we appreciate your talent. You're very talented, but we're afraid you don't have the camera presence we're looking for. So that was the end of that experience. Although it was very exciting, it was a pretty big disappointment. It was a pretty dis big disappointment, but to get on American Idol just into the auditions, wow, that's yes. a big moment, a big break, and a big experience. Mm -hmm. Besides composing and performing music, you also host a program on ACB Radio Interactive called Artfelt. What's Artfelt all about? Artfelt came about from some pretty long hours of thinking about wanting to do something for ACB Radio Interactive. I wanted to bring something different, or at least my idea of different, and I wanted to bring something heartfelt to the radio, and I thought a neat play on heartfelt was artfelt. And what Artfelt does is brings music that may sort of stimulate the senses, get people thinking or tapping their feet, bringing them on a musical journey, maybe artists they haven't heard before or covers of songs that are familiar, but in a, in a way they haven't heard before, things like that. It has been evolving as I go too, and it's been a lot of fun doing that. And I've listened to you on your show. You you do a great job. Thank you. You also host ACB Radio's main menu. What's yes. main menu? It's a techie show. It is a good old techie show, which I love. I love technology, always have. And we do talk about technology in the from the blindness and low vision perspective. So we will either find things to talk about, demonstrate different products. And we also bring guests on board for an interview about their product, something new maybe that they're developing or some other aspect of what their work is. And then we also look for submissions from people who wish to contribute. Now, I know that many ACB radio hosts they don't just do ACB radio work. They also do additional work for the American Council of the Blind Organization. Do you have any other activities that you're doing with the bigger ACB? Well, I'm on the board of Friends in Art, and that has been a pleasure to, to work with them and, and uh, simply get to know them better. Um, I... I'm also a member of BITS and of BPI. So I have a, a, a number of 
feet, as it were, um, placed in the organization to keep in touch with people and learn what's happening with ACB and um, other, well, let's see, uh, ACB and other, um, I'll just leave it at ACB. <laughs> ACB, okay. What advice do you have for our listeners who want to get into music? To get into music, I'd say if you're already feeling it, it's something that you know you want to pursue. And I simply followed my heart, and I think that is probably the best advice I can give to others. Don't listen to anyone who might be discouraging, or if if you do encounter some discouragement, let that be um, a, a, a light to shine on what you will do instead of listening to that. You sent us one of your little pieces of music, one of your songs, rather, that we'd like to share on the air with our listeners. Can you tell us about that song? Oh, sure. Thank you. Um, this song is my cover of the song If, and If was... Uh, made popular by the group Bread in the early 70s. And it's a funny song that I didn't pay much attention to. And suddenly one day I was hearing it and not in a situation to turn it off or get to the radio. And I was realizing, wow, these are some really nice words. Uh, why haven't I paid attention to this before? So I was using many different types of computers uh, in the early 90s and mid-90s. And for a long time, um, my primary operating system was Linux. Well, I wanted to make a change. And in late 2007, I got my first Mac because I was really excited about the screen reader being built in and what kinds of things I would be able to do with it. Um, I loved uh, that at this point it was an iMac and I loved the uh, the integrated design and that my keyboard and mouse were wireless. The only cord coming out and going to the wall or going anywhere was from the back of the computer to power it. So I thought that was pretty impressive. As I continued exploring, I realized something that comes with the Mac is called GarageBand. And GarageBand is a way to compose music and record it on your computer. So once I began exploring and discovering how accessible GarageBand was, I wanted to record my first project. And if was my first final completed project that I was very happy with and decided to keep. <laughs> And so if is the result of that. And we're going to play your if song right now. Thank you. If a picture paints a thousand words, then why can't I paint you? The words would never show. 
for you I've come to know If a face could launch a thousand ships Then where am I to go? There's no one home but you You're all it's left me to And when my love for life is running dry You come and pour yourself on me If a man could be two places at one time I'd be Tomorrow and today Beside you all the way If the world should stop revolving Spinning slowly down to die I'd spend the end with you And when Bravo, Jason. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I think um, I would love to add that um, music is a wonderful, um, joy-filled activity for me, and I know that it can be for any of you who are interested and love to compose or perform or songwrite. And I hope that if you haven't pursued it, until now that perhaps this encourages you to do so. And Brian, I want to thank you again for having me on your show. I, I'm thrilled to have the opportunity. Jason, you're very welcome. And you're an inspiration to our musically inclined and music loving listeners. I'm sure they're going to want to listen to your music and the art felt show and the main menu show too. Thanks so much for joining us and speaking out with us today. You are very welcome. Thank you. Before we go, I welcome your comments on this program, listeners. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind, or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website that's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org and my show archive is at acbradio.org speaking dash out dash four dash dash blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening. 
And remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. there, Debbie Hazelton, bringing you the Good Energy Mix each Monday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. While I happen to love Mondays, many people don't. In any case, it's a great time to start the week off on a positive note. Good music, laughter, and fun with something good to think about thrown into the mix. I love bringing it to you, and I know many of you enjoy receiving it at home, at work, wherever you happen to be. It's the Good Energy Mix, each Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern on ACB Radio Interactive. Some call it gem, and hey, some even say it's a gem of a show. The Good Energy Mix, I'm counting on you. See you then and there. The American Council of the Blind has established the Legacy Society to honor and recognize individuals who have communicated their intentions to include ACB in their estate plans via a bequest or another type of planned gift. We want to acknowledge individuals for including ACB in their will while they are still living so that we can thank them for their commitment to perpetuating ACB's good work for years to come. Says ACB President Kim Charlson, more information about the Legacy Society and how you can help is available from Tom Tobin, Director of Development at ttobin, T-T-O-B-I-N, at acb.org, or by phone at 800-424-8666, option 5. Thank you for listening to ACB Radio and for considering ACB's future financial needs.